welcome in to another episode of Stub Me Down. My name is JW, and of course, as always, I'm here with my best friend and co-host, Skinny, who I'm wondering if he has received his care package from our last guest, Jake Chalavet. Skinny, say hello to the people. Did Jake uh, hook you up there or what? I'm good. I did not get a care package from him, but I do realize that it is like the playoffs, which I'm super excited for. I know Jake will return the favor. He's he's busy. He just did the uh, Dallas Packers game. He'll be fine, man. I, I'm excited for, you know, what that's going to bring. He knows he shouldn't have made that bet. I hope he hears this. He, he knows he shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows. And you know what? I'm sure he'll run it back next fall when those two squads face off again. If you're not picking up on what we're talking about, go and check out our last episode. We welcomed in Jake Jolivet, who's actually skinny, our first repeat guest on the podcast. He's going to keep coming back. That's the thing, Josh. Yeah. You know? Jake's a great guy. Um, I-, I loved watching the Dallas Green Bay game, not only because Dallas got their asses kicked yesterday, but he also, you know, threw in some music. There was a scene of circumstance in there. There was an axle, a bunch of other fun music. So uh, he does a lot more than just Pick the music, the bumper music for commercials going in and out of these um, for these games. Could you but imagine if that was like just the job? Like just your job. Kill that. God. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I by mean, the way, today I gotta say on this recording. He is actually doing set lists, which I have to say, I, I forgot to tell you, I just saw it, by the way. Amen. I want him to keep doing that. I think that's just like his little niche thing. And um, so many people appreciate it. I think if he has the time, which we all know how much time we have for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should keep doing set lists. He put out his, I think it was his first one. We'll have to ask him probably the seventh time he comes on. <laughs> But it was fucking awesome as shit. I'm glad that he did a set list because other people have. I think Fish Dick's referee or whatever has done it. Yeah. But but Jake did it himself, so I want him to keep doing that. Yeah, and it's fun, and it's um, he, he played character Zero during the Dallas-Washington game to <laughs> right. troll me, and we had been texting him on a group thread that the three of us have, and, and I had said something about that, and he said, don't worry, it's already fired up. So <laughs> it was like one of the first commercial breaks, too. He didn't I mean, do the he finger didn't waste point. It. He, he didn't waste any time. <laughs> on uh on playing that but skinny it was always a lot of fun to talk to jake and talk sports and music and jake's a great intersection of those two things and i know somebody that is uh super appreciated by the community out there um that watches sports and listens to good tunes skinny today is episode three of season five and bro we have another SMD first today, man. This is going to be really cool. Yes. Um, this is, aside from Carl Gearhard, who is certainly a musician and artist, um, today's guest is our first, I would say, touring artist that fills a pretty cool spot in our community. So, Skinny, today we have a stummy down first. Our guest is a bass virtuoso a young female badass with unmatched energy and enthusiasm on the stage. Um, And I will also add a fellow podcaster. Uh, Skinny, it gives us great pleasure to welcome to Stub Me Down, Karina Reichman. Karina, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate the time. 
Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, we're stoked to uh, have you here. I, I want to say right off the bat, I uh, saw you at Peach Festival uh, this past summer, and there were a bunch of people in the crowd, well, by the bar, and they were like, <laughs> you have to go see Karina Reichman. So it was all the talk, and I was like, okay, okay. And we had pretty good seats, my wife and I, and I was like, oh my God, you were so good. It was like such the perfect set in the middle of that festival for us because the night before was goose and then we were seeing mike gordon that day so um just unbelievable it was it was a lot of fun i had so much fun i'm so glad that's so sick i mean that was one of the best uh you know peach fest has been so instrumental in in kind of everything for mary you know at least i you know i played it the last three years and uh you know, everything that it's given me is kind of, you know, can't be overstated. You know what I mean? Like it was like we yeah. played the smallest stage in 2021 and then they bumped us to the main stage in 2022. But it was like early in the day, like rather early in the day. And then this last yeah. year was just like we got kind of a sick, amazing slot on that main stage and it was like full you know and i think we played till you know um, several thousands of people all up in there so that was yeah oh, it was packed down there yeah it was pretty yeah. crazy so i mean yeah i i'm such a huge fan of that festival and i had attended it multiple times when i was you know growing up and uh it's just i'm a big almond brothers junkie and all that stuff so you know to play there at all, let alone to have them like grow me. And I was on the cover of the Scranton Tribune or whatever, uh, you know, <laughs> that was really funny. It's not just for the office, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, it was some real shit. I mean, I was like, wow, shit, like Peach Fest has become like this whole thing, you know, for me, like just personally. And of course, for a lot of other bands that are, uh, yeah, of course, you know, obviously Goose has this big history with Peach and, uh, all that stuff. So it's just cool to see a festival in the Northeast that's like, you know, helping, helping people out, bringing people together. And uh, they, you know, last year was an amazing thing because it was like, you know, it was me, Andy Frasco, uh, Mike Gordon, Claypool, right? Am I yeah. getting this right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> MMJ. Great. J-Rad, uh, I think was. Yeah. Right, no, it was my morning jacket. J Rab was the next day. I totally. Yeah, so that's yeah. just so great. And, you know, for me, I mean, I was geeked out when I was playing. And, you know, I'm friends with Mike, but, you know, to have Mike on one side of the stage and then Claypool on another and then the rhythm section of my morning jacket, like behind us and then Jim James over there, I was like, holy that's shit, they're amazing. all watching the set. What the fuck? Like, I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and then there was a moment where my guitar player broke a string and I was like, oh, my God, everybody's seeing this. This is insane. Like, what the fuck? But it's also, I mean, that's rock and roll, baby. It's what we do. So, you know, we muscled through that. And we don't really. Yeah, we don't care, man. We're like, oh, fix the string or get the guitar tech yeah. out here. No, it's all good. <laughs> you know? They still rip right through it, even with, you know, most of the people in the crowd if you didn't say it probably wouldn't notice anyway <laughs> i know right i know it was just one of those things you know as like a geek out fan of so many of those musicians playing that stage like right after me you know i was just like oh my god like it's just kind of humbling and crazy to be a small part of it and yeah fucking long live peach festival is all we're saying right hey. i mean that's uh yeah or whatever i'm just a big fan i'm just a big fan and you know they've helped me 
immeasurably. So I'm glad you were there this summer. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was so amazing. Yeah. You know, talking about festivals, you, I listened to a couple episodes of Inappropriate Happiness and you were talking about, I guess, like an electronica festival that you had been at and how at some of the festivals, you're kind of like the musical outlier and you were like, I'm too poppy for the jammers and too jammy for the poppers. <laughs> so like, how do you, like, do you even try to like, categorize yourself as like a jam band or you're just out there to rock and roll and who call it whatever the fuck you want as long as you're you know there dancing and grooving yeah amen uh yeah the, the latter the latter i categorize myself as nothing you know i'm like i find it like pretty hard to categorize the music i make and it's super you know eclectic so one tune can be yeah. this and another tune can be that and you know, uh, of course this keeps me up at night, but it also is just like, that's just a reflection of my tastes. It's a reflection of me. I'm like, you know, I have really broad ears and really broad tastes, you know? So like, we'll see if it gets more focused over time. As of now, like I'm writing all this new music. It's, it's not. (laughs) So we'll see, you know, right. It's, uh, my favorite bands, you know, look at, look at Ween, look at Fish, look at these bands that like, you know, they're, and Beck, Beck is such a huge influence on me. Like, it's just, uh, I feel like these acts are just eclectic as, as any, you know, I don't know. And I, I feel like they embolden me to just be myself and every tune can be different, but hopefully you hear the Karina overarching element of all of it, whatever that might be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, too jammy for the poppers and too poppy for the jammers. Story of my life, you know? Too heavy for the jazzers, too jazzy for the heavy people. Uh, too funky, not funky enough, not organic enough. Oh, you can't ever not be funky enough, man. I was, You know, I know. Tell me about I, it. I was going to say, because I hear... Listen, we'll talk about your music, obviously, in a little bit, but I hear... Um, I'm an eighties kid. So like really my formative years, like from 10 to, you know, through high school or all the eighties, I mean, I graduated high school in 89. I hear a lot of Rick James. I hear like so many different things that you do. Like even like the, in city kids, like the rap kind of talky through the song, but the song just like has these bass notes that just really speak to me. I, I don't know. I That song speaks to me. We can keep talking about it. Oh, but, yeah. Um, we are not musicians, Karina, so we're just strictly music fans. Uh, no. <laughs> I clarify no. that. We no, I like it. Music. That's good. This, these are good things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's funny. City Kids has kind of occupied this funny, like it's by, it's it's definitely not a streaming success or a streaming hit or anything like like you know i think it has you know just over a hundred thousand streams it's been out since 2020 that's like you know by it's it's a for me that's a lot but like in the general scheme of things it's it's not at all you know but it really has sort of occupied this space in the live set of just like that's like that's far and away i think people's favorite overall like people get excited when we launch into it you know and i and i think that's so cool And it was such a, it's like scary, you know, and I was, you know, I had that idea to do it like all, you know, to me, it was somewhere between David Byrne and like uh, Lou Reed and like, you know, some of the more Beck like spoken kind of things, you know what I mean? I'm not singing, singing, but I'm like talking, singing or whatever. And uh, give the kids a break. 
Yeah, a little of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little of that, you know? (laughs) So for all that, and then, I, you know, I spent a long time trying to narrow down, like, you know, we had the instrument. That's so typical of me. Like, I have these instrumental versions of things, and then I'm like, okay, well, like, I want to do my, like, da, 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 fucking Luna doing, saying, saying a few things, like, whatever, you know? And then it takes way longer than it should to just, like, decide what those words are, even if the words are wildly unimportant and, uh, you know, whatever they are. He was just like, words are everything, but you don't have to say anything important, Hmm. which really helps a lot when you're writing. Because, of course, like sometimes you sit down to write and you're just like, oh, my God, I have to say something meaningful or I have to say the lizards, they have died. You know what I mean? And or whatever. Like, it's. it's, Yeah, that seems like good advice coming from Trey. You know what I mean? And knowing some of the fish catalog. (laughs) Totally. But also, I mean, of course, there's so many, you know fish songs with with you know very like deep meaningful whatever lyrics but then there are many about a lot of goofy shit you know and i don't know and it's and i love humor and music and i love frank zappa and i love you know tenacious d yeah. and all you know all sorts of shit. beastie boys are like that too yeah clearly i mean yeah yeah and a lot of it's also like how somebody might interpret it too like i think that's one cool thing about music is you could hear something completely different in a tune than I do and you know you might derive some sort of meaning something in it might make sense to you even if the lyrics are you know silly or nonsensical or definitely Christian and I are both teachers and there's been times where I've been like listening to fish like in my classroom or in my office space and people <laughs> walk by and what is that guy listening to I love that because um, because it, it can be you know a little bit out there but um you know it, it, I think it's all really subject to you know the ears that it's getting into and uh of course um, which is the beauty of doing this at all you know and it's very cool yeah. you know and but I don't know sometimes it's a nice just that idea that it's it's liberating to think that you don't have to say anything important you know what i mean what you say doesn't have to change the world even though it might accidentally you know what i mean and people might read into something and it might be healing for one person or this for another 
whatever it might be. It's uh, it's a helpful, it's a helpful thought. Um, but yeah, city kids. Shit. I love city kids. <laughs> so when you, I love that when you write mu- when you write music like that, do you write like the music and then come up with the lyrics, or do you have like a, a words in your head that you want to get out and then you you write music to fit the word? Like, what is your process there? It's a great question. I mean, general like nine times out of ten, there's there's music. And then there's a melody that I create on top of it. And then I put words to that, you know, and there's, I, I have endless, you know, scrapbooks and like notes in my phone of just, you know, one liners, uh, titles, quote unquote, or, you know, multiple verses and like, you know, call it poetry or whatever you want to call it. Like just a bunch of stuff that I hope one day finds its place in a song, you know, and stuff like that. Um, very infrequently do I have like a phrase or a thing or a whatever and think, okay, cool. I'll write around that. Except, you know, in the example of city kids though, there, uh, we were at SPAC actually, I was at SPAC with my boyfriend and like, I'm from Manhattan and I hate walking on grass anytime Uh. I can avoid, like if there's like a, a paved road and then a bit of grass and cutting through the grass would be a shortcut. I still won't do it. I would rather go around and walk on the pavement. Yeah. You know, so at one point he was trying to get me to like, he's like, hey, let's just go this way. And of course it was the shorter way to go. But I was like, no, 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 no. City kids don't walk on grass. That's cool. As shit. You know? And then of course I was that's like, amazing. oh, okay, here we go. That's, and then I was like, oh, that's good. I like that. And then I wrote it down on my phone and it probably was incubating. Actually, I know how long it was incubating. It was incubating for like two years before it became anything, you know? But so that's the, it's the interesting, it's the interesting and never ending quest of all this shit where you're just like, just incubating and sitting on music and words and ideas. And like, you know, for me, like I'll hear, even seeing Tool, obviously I'm not writing a Tool song, don't worry. I wouldn't be able to if I tried, but there are moments in the tool set where I'm like, oh shit, do you see how like when they go from double time to half time here, it, it gets a huge visceral reaction from the crowd, including myself. Like, you know, and when I go see live music now versus when, like before I started writing music, I have a very different experience, whether I like it or not. You know what I mean? People say like, you know, people say don't meet your heroes and don't, yeah. you know, turn your pleasures into your job. And I've done both. So, you know, speaking from, from that perspective, like when I go see music now, it's, it's not just like, Oh, I'm here to cut loose and listen. Like I can't help. But when I listen, kind of think of it as like, ah, oh, what if I did something like that? Oh, what if I, you know what I mean? Like the way this song works live is really interesting. Like, and I'll often be like tapping BPMs into my phone just being like, okay, this song is this fast. All right, this part in this song is this fast. Like, you know, and just kind of looking at it in like a, I don't know. I, w- I was about to say anthropological, but I don't think that's exactly right. Like more of like a... I was going to say intellectual enthusiasm, sure. like for for whatever your mm-hmm. passion is. Like, I mean, you know, people have multiple. Some have one. Yours obviously is music. And then, you know, using that knowledge to yeah you can't i mean it's almost like you can't cut loose i mean i understand if you did like nobody would be hating on that, no but like, totally you're also like listening with a different 
a completely different year than two dudes sure. on a podcast. <laughs> That's what they say. My friend, uh, you know, my friend's a shrink. And, and, you know, when people ask him, like, you know, well, you know, how do you not, like, internalize all of other people's, like, problems and stuff? He's like, well, you learn to listen with a different set of ears. Right. And I find that that's that's sort of applicable to myself in this sort of different way. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. I'm still cutting loose of these shows. I'm still having a great time. It's all very pleasurable for me still. Don't get me wrong. But it's just this other sort of I don't know. I find that, you know, becoming a recording artist or whatever you want to call me, you just are sort of always looking for inspiration, even when you're not seeing live music. But I happen to see a ton of it. And that's sort of the like. I'm going obviously for enjoyment, but it just ends up being this other thing of like inspiration and, you know, uh, not critique in like a critiquing way, but just kind of like, oh, okay, now they're doing this. That's interesting. I like that choice or oh, that choice is kind of interesting. Like, I, don't, I think I should not do shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> whatever it is. fish fan ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's uh, it's a fascinating sort of never ending process and, and thing, which is so, you know, that's why music's so cool. Like, why are we so endlessly compelled by this? It's because there are a million ways to. Yeah put these 12 stupid notes together you know it's like what there's just 12 of them and yet look at music like it's absolutely insane so i don't know i'm uh, i'm endlessly compelled by these things guys it's uh it's a lifelong pursuit <laughs> it's amazing when you're at a show like I, like i said we're not musicians so i feel like for people that are musicians they're kind of like in on the conversation maybe a little bit more than interesting than we might be because you know I don't know the changes or the chord progressions or the key changes and you might be able to predict where they're going to go or um see changes that the band is making on stage and be like oh yeah and you're you're kind of maybe in on the conversation a little bit more it's called jealousy um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it goes both ways. Um, goes both ways. I'm jealous of you too. That's great. It's great. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I wish I had no idea what was going on. I don't think anybody's been jealous of me for a long time, so that's cool. That's awesome. Um, but like, just I, I feel like you know, then it's like, and we've talked to other people that it's like this musical conversation where the instruments are kind of talking to each other, and the the folks on stage are talking to each other and and when you know what they're doing you know it kind of adds another layer to it and then for you maybe to grab something that might be inspiring or some theme that you can use in your own music or you know some sort of a live element um i mean i think that's got to be cool and then you know going and trying it and being like oh that was cool or well maybe i shouldn't do that so 100 percent. that's literally exactly what it is and exactly what happens and you know of course inspiration can come from anywhere but also you have to like make room for it you know what i mean you have to be accepting of it and not just like oh cool all right i'm doing it this one way and that's it and i'm happy with that i mean people do the shit in all kinds of different ways but for me like you know being open to it coming in all different facets and in all different places and from all different people and styles and you know beyond music too just like in conversation sometimes you hear something that somebody says like city kids don't walk on grass it's a stupid fucking thing i said right like and it was funny and I was like, oh, I like that. And then it went in my phone. And then I found a use for it two years later. You know what I mean? Like that could have easily 
when I was searching for a theme for that song or something to write about or whatever, I was like, oh shit, like that's actually pretty good. You know, maybe that's the thing or whatever, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. Cause that song I'm telling you, like, I'll go back to like my three favorites of your song. Well, I guess maybe we'll shift to, to Joyride, which I really, I think is just a great album and everybody's been talking about it in our own social media circles and oh, Josh went and saw you. I saw, I told him, I was like, dude, you have to see Karina Reichman. She's amazing. But anyway, so no occasion city kids and then all that you wanted. And so in those, wow. uh, songs specifically like city kids, that speaks to me. I'm a city kid from Baltimore, Maryland. So walk the pavement, didn't walk on grass. Cause then yeah. sometimes they'd have like the tulips <laughs> out and you can't, and then took the bus and like, saw all sorts of like wondrous horrifying things in Baltimore city. <laughs> totally. It speaks to me. So I think you really have, I guess like a, a, a niche in these uh, lyrics that for me, that's somebody that's a jam band fan. So when you're talking about pop and jam and wherever you fit and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to me great. when I listen to a song like that. I so love to I, hear I, that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Your album is great. Um, and I was glad to see all those songs and now I can go back and listen to them. Um, and cause I'm definitely going to do that again a lot this week, uh, after talking to you in, in the <laughs> process, the, the songs are great. And I'm sorry if I'm not mentioning all of them, but like, you know, I'm 53. My mind is like, a little. you're calm. doing great. You're doing great. Well, you know, city kids and no Thank occasion. They, yeah. No, I mean, come on, give yourself a round of applause. You're killing it. Uh, city kids and no occasion didn't make the record. You know, those are those are prior singles, you know, so that's why it's sort of interesting. And no, and no occasions occupied a pretty interesting place in the live show, too, in a lot of ways, you know, and I and I it's it's sort of like it's it's just going to be up tempo funk that people can sort of understand. You know what I mean? And I feel like it has a nice uh, place in the set list a lot of the times where I'm like, OK, like that'll be after doing this, that, and the other thing, like when we hit no occasion, that'll be really fun. And it'll, it'll be this, you know, I don't know. It's sort of hard to describe, but, um, but yeah, all that you want, it's on the record for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, and it's, it's fun to, you know, before the record, I was six singles Reichman, you know, I had six, I, I had six singles oh. to my name, you know, among two of which were uh, city kids and no occasion. Then there were four others, but it's, it's fun to see how, you know, now that I have an album out and people listen to it and whatever, integrating the first few tunes that I wrote with the record and the two tunes. And that's, that's what I did without research. <laughs> you killed it. You literally killed it. Absolutely. And seeing how it all comes out live is, is sort of, a you know, utmost importance to me, you know, and seeing like, you know, how we can interplay these things together and how they can change and how they can kind of develop on the road and how you can segue them into different tunes and whatever. Like it's uh, it's a really cool process. Yeah. It comes out great. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because at that peach set, mm -hmm. you were playing no occasion and then you slipped into psycho killer mm -hmm. and then went back into no occasion. So I, I mean, it was just an effortless seg. Was that something that you like wrote out and planned or were you just kind of in the moment and the psycho killer theme kind of popped into your head or a note struck you and you're like, fuck it, let's play this for a couple minutes before, you know, right in the middle here. 
Well, that's a great example because because for that, I wish I could tell you that that was just completely unplanned and and you know we just went into it. That would be a that would be a blatant lie. Um, but so no occasion. <laughs> itself sort of, you know, became this vehicle for which like, you know, out of no occasion, there's definitely like a funk jam. And sometimes yeah. that funk jam is like almost like a Middle Eastern jam. And that's sort of been a little bit retired this year, but that used to be the shape it took. It kind of got, you know, into that mode. And then, um, and then, yeah. So <laughs> over the years, it's been really funny to see how this has all developed. We sh And we, we shorten these things. It's like no occasion. What you want to do that into psycho button, which is psycho killer and then hardest button to button or psycho daft, just psycho killer into Daft Punk is playing at my house or just into a, you know, no occasion into Daft Punk or no occasion just into hardest button. Or now we've even added more and we've done no occasion into Grunlandic edit by of Montreal into one of the other ones. We in December at Nectar's, we did multiple nights and one night we did it into, I hope I'm getting this right. One night we did it into Canary in a Coal Mine by the police. Oh shit, really? Damn. Yeah. And then oh, shit. it went canary canary button maybe and then the other night we did oh my god. I feel like I have notes on this right here. Hold on, stay with me. Oh yeah, you see? These are these are yeah, look at you. Hold on, wait, wait. Yeah, look at that. But wait, there's more. We have stickers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, Love I have this. This sticker. is great. Yeah. Oh, uh, no occasion in a genius of love has come about quite a bit re recently. Oh, so if you if you Don't count talk. all that, we have we have Psycho Killers, Button, Daft Punk, Canary in a Coal Mine, Genius of Love, and I'm sure I'm even missing some. But like you know, it's fun to you know have these sort of tunes that are. It's not that they're pre-prepared, but like before the show, we'll be like, hey, do you wanna you wanna just you know do Psycho Killer Daft Punk tonight. Oh, we did that last time. Okay, let's not do that. Let's do something different, whatever. And then sometimes we'll be doing one of them and then I'll just be like, fuck it. We got to do all of them, you know, or not all of them, right. but like, or I'll, I'll like do it Throw in the moment and be like, all right, guys, let's do this one. Like, and then I'll lead the band. And um, sometimes there's a little bit of grooves in the heart in there, but that's like a, oh. it's a fun <laughs> A moment in the show for that reason you know in the sense of like you kind of don't know what it's going to go into but it you know nine times out of ten goes into something you know yeah, it's like juke, jukebox hero man. yeah you know it's awesome I mean? like, yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> So yeah, that Peach set was uh, was Psycho Killer, Daft Punk, right? But since then, it's been all over the place, yeah. and that was just in July, right? I can't even imagine all the tunes that we played out of it and into it and whatnot. 
um, yeah, some of it's prepared, some of it isn't. Some of it is just led, you know, and especially for those tunes, especially a tune like Psycho Killer, I can just call that yeah. when I'm ready. You right. know what I mean? If we're jamming in the key of A, I can just be like, all right, and bump, 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 and then everybody has to catch on, you right. know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And the crowd catches on right away because they did yeah. a peach. It's like, pretty right fun. away, they, you know, yeah, it's really fun. Can you talk a little bit about Adam and Chris? Because so I saw you at the eight by ten in September, and I mean it was it was super cool seeing you in that room because that's a pretty small room. Christian and I have seen countless shows there over the years, so we're pretty familiar with the venue. That's a tiny stage, but it did give the opportunity to. Uh, kind of watch the cohesiveness of all three of you, but then like Adam can fucking shred, dude. He's nasty. He's the nastiest yeah. boy. I mean, it's ridiculous what he's doing up there. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, not only is he a super, super tasty guitar player when he's just playing guitar, like a, like playing guitar, but the amount of forward thinking effects manipulation and effects design that this guy has implemented, including like his upstairs pedal board rig I'm going to do a horrible job explaining it, but you know, literally this guy, I mean, he's an inventor, he's a builder, he's a hacker, he's like a complete savant, you know, and he's the type of guy who like, you know, will pull up an effects pedal and be like, okay, cool. It does this, this, and this, but I really wanted it to also do this. So I put two more switches in and then rerouted the mainframe so that it does this. <laughs> And I'll be like, I'm sorry, Holy what? Shit. And it's and he does that, you know. And um, I thought Josh was a nerd. Yeah, no, Adam's a nerd, dude. A cool ass nerd. <laughs> it's That's pretty awesome amazing. Shit. Yeah. So like when you hear plants or something like that, like plants um is a good example of how like you you literally can't play plants without Adam November. It, you know, it, because he sets a loop basically, and then reverses it and does all this crazy ass shit to it, you know, and then we're basically playing over that. I love and that then too. he's dropping it out and then bringing it back, depending on the moment in the tune. And that's a very primitive way of talking about what's actually going on. But like, it's one of those things where like, Adam is fucking brilliant is all I'm trying to say. And let yeah. lest we forget Chris Corsico. I mean, he is just one of the greatest drummers I've ever had the pleasure of playing with. And I've played with some great ones, you know, and these are just my friends from NYU that I've been so lucky to be able to write with and develop. And now, I mean, we feel like a three headed beast, you know, these days where it's just like, we can anticipate what the other guy is going to do at any given moment, even in these long drawn out moments of improvisation or whatever it is. It's just like, Oh, wow. Like, we can it's it's it it's a language that's developed over a long period of time you know sure and what, yeah, yeah was talking about earlier it's yeah, pretty cool yeah. it's a really wild thing so it's uh and i'm definitely i'm seeing it more and more and the guys are seeing it more and more and it's just like really cool to develop that with with anybody let alone two absolute geniuses at their instruments and you know m more importantly two really nice genuine sweet people who you want to be around, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, it's so hard to find, you know what I mean? Because yeah. when you travel that yeah. much and you're that close to people and you're sleeping that much in the same room with dudes and like, or whatever, like, you know, it's, it's, that can 
add up. And if you don't like the person, <laughs> right. good fucking yeah. luck, you know? But I happen <laughs> Could you to imagine love this podcast if I hated Josh? <laughs> That'd be just terrible. Just terrible. I'd log off right now. I'd be uh, like, Josh, I don't know, man. Kind of not some, it. Some Kinda people may it. tune in. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's like you can handle it for an episode but two episodes probably not no, and probably yeah. not that's like you know you can do a one-off with the boys but uh you know not a whole tour right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's god it's not gonna it's not gonna hit right over o- over time totally what like yeah. so you've uh and just like doing a little bit of research on your early music career you had a uh, uh, your first band was called false arrest is that accurate that's good yeah, you did some digging. I and like that. I, I like were you that. involved in a false I, arrest? <laughs> I wasn't, but I watched the show Cops, and I had to name the band. Oh. This was my eighth grade punk band, and I, I showed up to eighth grade the next day being like, guys, I got it. Because I saw a guy on Cops being like, false arrest, victim assaulted. <laughs> I was like, our band's called False Arrest. We're in a punk band. They're like, cool, I like it. That's good. Oh, my it's God. Good. Honestly, my yeah. daughter is 12 and 9. Or, God, 12. 14 and 9. 12 i'm just trying to wish her life backwards 14 and 9 they love cops just fyi <laughs> you see i was about 12 when i named the show or named the song the the band rather so that's uh right on right on key right on cue rather <laughs> awesome. i gotta give i gotta give my wife megan a little bit of credit because she um she absolutely loves you totally digs your vibe thinks you're a badass and um oh. you know in in the jam scene um, there are not like a ton of women that are headlining acts and, you know, there's definitely like Susan Tedeschi and, and there obviously there, there are uh, stars that are out there, but she did a little bit of, we were kind of going back and forth um, and she's like, oh, you got, you know, she had this band called False Arrest because the first one that I had was Youth Posse. Mm-hmm. So I'm sensing a little bit of a theme there, false arrest, youth policy in those first couple. I like that. Uh, but then, I like that. But then you played with Marco Benevento, and we actually saw you open for Mo, and my my wife reminded me because I had I remember being at the show and like this kick ass bassist, and she was like, "That was Karina Reichman," and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then you had the Karina Reichman experiment. So like from those experiences, like how have you taken things from those to like put into the trio that you have now, or were those just like kind of experiences on the way, or how did those kind of frame what your what your sound is now? Oh yeah. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I'll work backwards. First of all, Karina Reichman experiment was just what I called this current band before we had a song to our name. Oh, okay. So like before we had a song to our name and that was the fucked up thing. It was kind of like, you know, and it's actually really funny to me now hearing you just be like, you know, my wife told me that we saw this kick-ass bass player with Marco Benavente and she was like, that's Karina Reichman. And you were like, oh, no way. <laughs> Meaning that you don't know me from that is really interesting to me. You know what I mean? Because the, yeah. for the longest, 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 longest time, and by that I mean just a couple of years because this whole thing is in its infancy. But, uh, you know, people only knew me as Marco's bass player. And for good reason. That's all I, I mean, it's not all I did as you just laid out a few other things right. and, and left out like about, you know, six or seven other bands that I've been in over the years <laughs> and then whatever. Uh, for good reason, you know, things that just, you know, I was in many, many bands going nowhere. And I say that with love, just in the sense of like, you know, playing for the sake of playing, but definitely not 
seeing a future or a clear path ahead with any of them, you know? Um, but anyway, it's just really interesting to me that like, you know, me from Karina and then you put the pieces back together as like, Oh, that was the bass player with Marco who was opening for Mo. That's so interesting to me and very cool. So Karina Reichman experiment, they, that like literally back in, it was like 20, 2018, I guess we were getting booked. You know, people were just asking, Hey, do you want to be a part of this thing? Could you put something together? Could you do a thing? And I had been jamming with Adam and Chris just separately and I was like, oh, you guys want to go do like 90 minutes of improv at this show that they're asking me to whatever? And they were like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then that sort of like caught on and like caught on kind of quickly. And we were doing all these like really cool, like we played Brooklyn Comes Alive in that format. We played with, you know, Nels Klein and Skerrick as that configuration, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. We were getting booked on some pretty cool things and literally the next year so much had like happened. And I was like, guys, I think we got to like write songs, you know, like, <laughs> we have to are you a band if you don't write any music, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's like what bands do. And I'm pretty sure we keep getting booked and like, you know, this is like a thing. And if we want to make it a thing, we should make it a thing. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, cool. And then I started like writing songs, you know, and bringing them to them and blah, blah, blah. So then I chopped off the experiment moniker. Because I thought that just, okay. that was like, it was too confusing. It either sounded like... Jimi Hendrix experience? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, definitely that. And that I still get to this day, which pisses me off so bad. They were like, Karina Reichman experience. I'm like, oh, no, it's experiment. But also, there's no more that. So, like, the whole thing is fucked. Like, no, well, maybe, it's just my name. Let's like, just, are you experienced? You know. Like, whatever. I mean, you know, I don't... People are stupid. Anyway. All of that. And yeah, which is fine, which is it totally is fine. fine. But, you know, it sounded to me like, you know, Karina Reckman Experiment was either like Blue Note Jazz or like, you know, late night Wook Festival vibe, you know? And I was like, <laughs> let's not brand ourselves as anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's, if it's just my name, then it's, and then I'm, as I've, you know, as we started out talking, you know, in this conversation, then you're free to do whatever you want, you know, because you can just be you right. or whatever or blah 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 anyway um but aside from that yeah long-winded answer to your question is a resounding yes i have put so much of what i've learned i mean marco being number one marco's like you know completely changed my life and without marco nobody would have given a smidge of a fuck about anything that i was doing or like wanting to have me do my own thing at all because i'm only known from him you know in this world in any way shape or form you know and he is the most brilliant musician most incredible band leader and the most genuinely wonderful person that i've ever known you know so like not only musically and not only in a trio format i praise yeah. you know thinking about things with you know basically wanting to sound louder and larger than the sum of your parts with three people which is something that he very much does and I do as well and whatever. So like that obviously influences so much of my own shit, but also just from a complete like wanting to make things as fun and as comfortable for everyone involved as possible. That's the Marco Benevento way. And it's become the Karina Reichman way, you know, cause I learned from the best. I learned, you know, this is a hard life. This is stra- strenuous in ways you can't even imagine. So let's take these measures and do these things to make it really fun. Like we don't skimp on food. We don't skimp on, uh, you know, I don't know. We never tour for more than like 
three weeks at a time because that's just going to make us all hate each other and that would be terrible. You know what I mean? We make time for other things. Like, you know, we vibe. Could you talk to my boss? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. This is the way, man. This is the way. It is it's, the way. Uh, it, it, totally. It breeds good vibes and the whole thing is good vibes. <laughs> not to sound yeah. new agey on you, but I'm telling you, <laughs> if you're not having a good time doing this, then you're not going to have good time in your sales job that you get after this because you couldn't sustain this. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what so, you're saying. So, you know, we just got to try our best to make it fun. And, you know, I don't know. He, he just values the way everybody feels at any given time, like on his crew. And that's so huge to me. And like anybody who works with me, I want them to walk away being like, wow, what a fun, pleasant lovely experience not oh man that was so arduous and shitty and I fucking hated it and that was so rough like you know what I mean like so any small steps that you can take to make it that way that's the Marco Benevento method and I've uh, been very very you know lucky to be able to implement a lot of that even with my circumstances and with my you know touring business being what it is right now you know so that's all very important shit to me yeah man but yes have i been in a million bands absolutely um, <laughs> and they've all been just great and no i mean truly every every band that i've ever been with been in i've learned so much from in in a multitude of ways you know so i feel like every every experience shapes you in some way shape or form and you take things forward with you you know yeah it's very cool. What's it like playing bass as like the lead instrument? Because, and, and not that there, obviously there's a ton of great bassists and there are plenty of bands that are bass led. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, for the most part, the, the bass is part of the rhythm section. It's a little bit in the background. It kind of supports guitar, piano, horns, whatever it might be. That's not... You and Adam, I feel like, are very complementary, um, but it's obviously very bass. I mean, the first notes of Joyride are like fucking heavy ass, like vibrating <laughs> bass. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what's it like to be like the lead? You know, I know you play guitar too, but there's something unique about being, you know, a trio that's, you know, by and large bass led. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, uh, thank you, first off. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really, what's it like? It's super fun when you're me and you get to overplay and it's cool, you know, and it's, uh, it's a really, it's, it's a fun thing. And I feel like it's obviously Primus is the first base led trio that comes to mind yeah. you know sure with the police maybe the police. in a close second yeah. with uh you know rush in a different sort of way they're all equal but i'm just thinking about like singing bass players like bass players who front the act and are kind of front and center in a lot of ways and obviously sting is a great example and getty is a great example um but you know i don't know for me it's really fun and, and in my writing i always of course, there are so many like big bombastic bass moments in my in my songs and stuff, but I never want it to sound like um, like a, which I guess it wouldn't because I'm not like a virtuoso like they all say I am, but I'm really not, you know. So it's not like it's gonna come out like a Marcus Miller record where it's just like, oh, 
she was playing bass and doing this two-handed tapping with the chromatic <laughs> yeah uh, you know that's all over doing the, <laughs> yeah well it's some crazy ass shit but like you know it's like my i i hope that my songs aren't like they're songs that feature heavy bass a lot of the time right but they're not for bass players only does that make sense right. you know what i mean yeah. or they're yeah, not it makes sense because yeah it's a constructed song that's like very very good it's not just it's not just you coming out with a bass and like and being like here we go dude. yeah totally yeah. <laughs> being like check no, out I mean, how sick i am like that's sort of not not the idea you know though i am you know i'll be the first to admit like i love especially live more live than in the studio like having space to have oh my god thick large endless on some level of base moments yeah, yeah you know like and that's you're really running fun. like a 400 meter when you do it man right. so like at peach i was like oh my god dude well like, talk about a workout how many steps do you get in i mean that's a great question because i don't wear a watch or a phone or anything like that but i think quite a few i think quite a few i mean it's really the only exercise I get, I got to say, other than walking, you know, at least 10,000 steps in New York City every day when I'm home. But like, you know, I definitely don't train. I don't train for these things, but it's fun and funny. Like in the summer, we've been very lucky to play a shit ton of festivals and like play really big stages and stuff. So in the summer and when it's festival season and on, you know, special occasions, I get to have these enormous stages but in my headlining career, we're playing 300 to 500 cap rooms, sometimes smaller, you know, that are the stage is this big. Right. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like as soon as September comes around and like my headlining <laughs> stuff is back and my festival season is over, I'm like, yo, boys, festival season is over. Time to be <laughs> Got to figure confined. out how to dance small. Yeah. And I literally don't know how to do it. So sometimes I've actually famously... <laughs> famously in our posse not not what I, I mean there's a great video of it but you know i'll spare you the details but there was one time in portsmouth new hampshire where i literally got so hyped and it was during the city kids jam and i literally ran into the wall like the kool-aid guy <laughs> like really just like and then Did i like i went oh shit and then i scraped my elbow pretty badly and then i like like i don't know i like hit my elbow on the wall and then i kind of caught myself and turned around and got back to the stage and whatever. And I was, I thought it was the funniest shit ever. And of course it looked less bad than it felt. It kind of felt like I really lost my footing and like ate shit, but it, it, it was okay. Anyway, it was a great video of this. It's very punk. After, it's it very punk. Super punk, dude. And I'm, I'm a punk chick. Uh, so at the end of the day, I, or no, sorry. At the end of the song, I came like to the mic and I yelled up, to like front of house to you know my lighting guy I'm like Jeff did you see that did you see me run into the wall and he was like yep I saw it. and everybody was like woo and I said ladies and gentlemen if you got video of that please DM it to me and uh, I got some good video anyway that's those oh are the types God, of occupational funny. hazards you have you know doing what I do <laughs> so dumb I love it. yeah it's great do you have like a favorite room to play i know you're playing the cap coming up um in this february tour do you have like a spot where you're like it doesn't matter like you're totally dialed in the sound is always good that the vibe and the energy are always good you have like a, a a couple of places or even you know one that you're like yeah i can't wait to get back to that spot i mean i have a lot of i can't wait to get back to that spot you know for sure which i think Red is Rocks. different well yeah that's number one 
talk about, you know, Red Rocks, number one, maybe Bonnaroo is like number two, you know, in terms of just like, which I know that's to say like Bonnaroo mean could mean many different stages at Bonnaroo, but like that, that was still something just that I'll never forget. It was everything it was cracked up to be and more, you know, and of course, Red Rocks is just like, what do you even, how do you even, I still can't make sense of the fact that that all happened. That all happened a year yeah. before my record came out. That all that all happened when I was six singles Reichman, you know, like in right. June tw- or whatever, end of May 2022. Yeah. yeah. And then Bonnaroo happened like two weeks later, you know, so it was just like kind of some of the more surreal shows. But, you know, on, on the level of like a place that you keep going back to and you know it's always dialed and the vibe is good, I, I always say – um, it's, I mean, it's a place I've played once with my band and many, many, many times with Marco. So I sort of feel like I know it super well, even though my band's only had one, one shot, but I believe we'll be going back this year, which might be, um, you know, a, a leak of sorts, but you know, the blue Nile down in new Orleans on Frenchman street, you cannot, oh. you cannot play a bad note in there. And even if you do, and I play plenty of wrong notes, but it's, they're always right. You know what I mean? They're always the right notes in that room. Everybody there is just so happy to be there. You're on Frenchman. Cool. It's jazz fest. Everything's going right. You know what I mean? You feel the vibe yeah. of the Bayou, no matter what's going wrong. And it's always like, this chaotic crazy changeover sometimes like there was one year where that we were doing a changeover and they're like you know two djs and like you know mcs on stage like and and it was just chaos you know and i'm like putting my battling putting my pedals on the ground like plugging <laughs> things in and they're like you know bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay like going absolutely <laughs> off and it was still great you know so you have basically a non-sound check and you just get up there and you have no idea what you can hear, what you can't hear, but the crowd is ready to go and you're ready to go. And you just have, you know, this, you know, I don't know. I think, I think I said it best, you know, you have the spirit of the Bayou in you and it's just like uncanny how, how unbelievable it is to play music down there. And this year, like they were trying to move me to a bigger room. Cause I sold that one out last year and whatever. And I was like, I don't want to move up there. I want to stay in the blue Nile. It's like the most, I want, it's one of those things. Like, don't take me out of the blue Nile yet. That's my shit, you know? So yeah, you want the OG man. Cause jazz fest, we went a long time ago, 2002, I think. Well, right. J-Dub? Yeah. But yeah. So I love it down there as far as music is concerned. And I, I, I totally agree with that. Although it's like, you know, somebody else is like, please play a bigger room. I know, totally. <laughs> you know, where you're at now, they're like, uh, uh, Blue Nile's good, but could you Maybe play, a bigger um... room, yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. There's so many, there are things like that that I feel that way about, including Nectar's. Like, you know, doing multiple nights mm-hmm. at Nectar's versus doing, you know, a single night at Higher Ground. Like, I don't know, that appeals to me a lot. Yeah. And even though not everybody agrees with that, but I'm kind of like, oh, it's so cool to have the smaller, more intimate, more ragey, more like we're all on the same level. We're having this like sick energy exchange. Like, you know, while I'm still this size, like I, I have a hard time like giving that up, you know, and I'd rather do multiples in the smaller room than like one night in the bigger room. Not always, but that's like a good example of sure. that. Like I'd, I'd want to stay yeah. like on main street in downtown Burlington and just like rock that, you know, I don't know. There's something about well, it. It feels like, once you move up to like the next size room, you're 
probably not going backwards, right? You know, I don't know. I mean, seems to. You you're know, not that's going the right. You, come on, you're you not. I don't think you. Yeah, <laughs> a rolling you guys are stone gathers no moss. <laughs> oh, I don't know, guys. You're you're more confident than I am. I'm way more wary about all that shit. You know, like you know, it's hard to say. I feel like none of that's why none of it is given, right? So, like, if you have sure. the opportunity to do any of this on any level, and it appeals to you the way it appeals to me to be able to keep doing this is just like, you know, it's just already so far fetched that it's, I've made it this far. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about it. I feel like it's just like, holy shit. Like what? Like people come to see me play my own songs live, like hundreds of them, you, you know, be doing, it's crazy. You gotta be doing something right. Because, uh, I mean, Trey played on, a, a bunch of songs on Joyride. He was one of the producers. You played Warren Haynes' Christmas Jam, and Warren came out. You played with him. You played with John Medeski. Like you play, you've, a lot of Mike has come I mean, and played like, with you. Yeah. Um, you know, in your own, you know, as a, a guest on your stage. I, I mean, you're obviously doing something right. If and you said it before, like never meet your heroes. Well, now like your heroes are like playing music with you on stage i mean that's pretty fucking cool i mean that's gotta I, and i know you're like eh, you know and nothing is given but like that's <laughs> still that has to like feel pretty good like i don't know it does I, it does yeah. it's just crazy it's one of those things you're just like holy shit like is this really happening you know on, on all the levels it's just like is this really happening like this is so crazy like these people i respect so much and like have since i was so young like it's super it's super super crazy all, all of that you know i i it's sometimes hard to even make sense of it all you know especially even like yeah you know. awesome. what was it like working with trey on like producing joyride and and just that whole process it was the coolest it was the coolest thing ever you know what can you say like it's it was the best he's just one of the most incredible people you know and he is that guy he like eats sleeps and breathes music it's like effortless you know except he puts in a shit ton of effort might i say right. in the sense of like he gets up every day and he's writing 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 and he'll show you like his voice memos he'll be like this is from 6 a.m you know till now and then you're like oh wow like you know talk about you make you feel like you're not doing enough because like you're probably not because you know people who work like that deserve to be trey do you know what i mean right like how do you have a career that looks like that it looks like you're trey with that kind of work ethic and that kind of ethos and ease and just like sort of you know this is what i do and this is what we you know what i mean and you put one foot in front of the other and you make this is how music, i approach you it. know this is what i do that's what he does yeah. and it's so incredible yeah. to have like you know a front row seat to that and of course for my music to be like that momentary thing where he was fixated on it for a minute there you know what i mean like in 2022 for those you know that that short amount of time like we were wax and poetic really heavily about what should happen with these songs you know and how things should be developed and karina this chorus is too good you can't just sing it twice we have to bring it back at the end like obviously and i'm hmm. like right what 
okay, <laughs> thanks, you know, and just what? stuff like where, you know, you're just like kind of incredulously, you know, seeing your, your like musical hero, like take so much care and time and effort to, to help you yeah. and to make something because he loves making shit. He loves it. He loves the process so much. And that's, you know, the other thing, I mean, he's, yeah, I, I, we could do 14 podcasts and I still wouldn't be able to, <laughs> Uh, well, I, first of all, I wouldn't be able to properly express my gr deepest gratitude to him for all he's given me, but also I wouldn't be able to properly put into words just like the, uh, I don't even know what, like the, you know, it, it, it's, it's beyond measure what he did. You know what I mean? It's beyond like, you know, and of course you think like, why me? Like, this is so intense and it's so incredible. And I don't know, he, he just helped me so, so, so much, but the, um, Right. What I meant to say was like, you know, the quotes, the quotes, the quotes, you know what I mean? Like the amount of like sound bites that, of course, I filtered in and now I implement in my process of trying to create music. Right. And and one of them was, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, this chorus is so good, you can't just sing it twice. Um, and oh, my God, I'm I'm blanking on the other one that was so pertinent to what I just said. And I have no fucking idea what it was. But anyway, that's why we have to do 14 podcasts to get it out of me. You see, don't you see? It's unbelievable. No, you can't just give it all I know. up. You know, I mean, we're just can't just give it all just up. Two yeah, dudes. totally. Sorry, dude. Check can't out. Give it all yeah. Up. Check out Inappropriate uh, Happiness on Osiris. <laughs> that's right. Right. Exactly. That's right. And then you can hear the 14. Other oh, things. my God. <laughs> Hopefully it comes back to me. But yeah, anyway, he's uh, he's he's brilliant is what I'm trying to say and what was it yeah. like working with him it was surreal beyond all all measure it's 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 beyond you know and it's still it's so cool and just I don't know one of those things you you nobody gets to do you know nobody gets to work with somebody like that on their right. own music it's yeah. insane so that was so so cool I'm forever indebted and grateful to him and his family and everybody who works with him and you know Bryce Goggin mixed it at the barn and you know, Trey was like, you know, and we'll and Bryce will mix it. I'm like, all oh, right, of course, Bryce will mix it. Sure, at the bar. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, Bryce. Hey, Bryce. Uh, here's my number. You can text me about when I'll be up there to help you mix. I was like, and... wow, yeah, Bryce will mix it, and I'll go up there <laughs> to and the we'll barn. Mix it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, perfect. Okay. That sounds like a great plan. I love your plan. And he's like, yeah. Sign me up. I'm like, that's genius. Perfect. You know, stuff like that. It's just like, holy shit, this is so cool. You know, and working in the barn, obviously, is unbelievably cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautifully said, <laughs> by the way. Beautifully. Even though you said, I still want to hear that. Yeah, word. I wonder what it was. Oh, still gone. Right. Still missing. It'll come oh, to man. you in the middle of the One night. One day. Totally. So, we don't want to take up too much of your, uh, too much more of your time, but um, I just wanted to ask you, so... Obviously, you're like a new generation of artists, right, on the younger side here. Christian and I are a little bit older heads here. And when, um, well, he's a lot older than me. Um, but the the thing that I wanted to ask about, so you have an album come out in, in, and it's released, but, you know, I feel like a lot of music consumption comes via, like, streaming services, right? So you're not necessarily going to see people... I mean, I'm sure people want, like, vinyl, like people that, you know, are collectors and stuff like that. How do you look at, like, metrics of, like, streaming versus album sales versus... I know, you know, like, City Kids has released as a single, and so that 
you said had, you know, 100,000 or whatever the streams was, but Joyride has like over a million streams. So like how do you how do you look at like the metrics of I don't want to call it your success, but like your maybe your progress as as you've you know gone out and toured more. Obviously, you're doing another tour in February to support this album. So, like, how do you look at like how you're doing? I guess essentially in the in the the music marketplace, for lack of a, a better term. <laughs> well, in in what I do, you look at it. You know, I'm a live act first and foremost every you know the record is to supplement okay. the live thing you know because the metrics okay. of all that other shit it's completely flawed it's completely fucked nobody's making a cent you know what i mean so like it's nice to say that plants has over a million streams but have i made it uh, much of a dime off of plants no you know what i mean like that's all right. it's 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 a nice little trophy when somebody goes to your page you're like oh look you know six figure streaming seven figure streaming number on this one you know what i mean like uh, I I don't know. I, I only Spotify or whoever's making the money off of that, not not you. I mean, you make a little bit, but once you've split it with every, like, there's no. I mean, it's not like it's not nothing, but it's kind of right. nothing. You know what I mean? And and it was even interesting. Like my album in the first maybe three weeks it was out, it, it charted on Billboard for for physical album sales because I have such an amazing fan base of people who wanted to buy my vinyl. Right. And so in the first few weeks, me, of all fucking people, you know, people bought enough of my record that it got to like number whatever, nine or 10 on the Billboard physical album sales charts, you know? Wow. So do I think that's incredible? Absolutely. You know, uh, it was like 500 records or something. You know what I mean? You think selling 500 records is much? Seriously? Like, I mean, it is to me. It's and it's and that's what I'm saying. It's a lot to me. I mean, it right. it'd be a lot and for it's us. Incredible. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like it, these are drops in the bucket right. when you think about, you right. know. So basically, yeah. I mean, the long story short of all of it is like, you know, the real place that you're making money. Yeah, it's like God willing is right. in your touring and in your festivals and in your soft ticket plays and all those sorts of things. And like, you know, for better or for worse, I consider myself a live act, you know, and I think it's for better because it's what I've grown up, you know, the bands I love are, are that, you know what I mean? And, right. and that's sort of the nature of the business these days, but basically all the economics of all of this are pitiful, you know, and, and it's all just terrible. So, you know, if, and that's only if we're talking about, you know, measuring success monetarily, sure, right? So that's one, and I'm not, at all right. because I the only success to me is to be able to be monetarily succeeding just enough right. that you can book flights for the next tour that you can keep doing it you know what I mean and then hopefully bring a few more fans with you along the way and hopefully touch a few more people and give them the two hours of serenity at your concert that you need as badly as they do you know what I mean that's all the success that I need and the, all the success that I measure it in is being able to keep doing it. So for me, that's all that matters. I don't, you know, the streaming thing. I don't that's a great a answer. There's no that. Right. There's literally, I mean, you know, again, I there's have, no there there. There's no there there's no there. there. There's no that. I mean, it's just like you know. Everybody's taking a philosophy course. Oh it's man. Like, what? what do you mean? <laughs> but you just summed that up perfectly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I hoped you know one day, uh, two years from now, or you know, seven years from now, to be doing this podcast, and we'll laugh, and I'll be like, guys, I'm 
filthy fucking rich. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh man, I hope so. I was so Great. fucking wrong. You can about do it the from metrics. your house in Malibu. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> There's no that, dude. You know I would never fucking move there. Fuck that. And I'm from New York City. New York. I know. So wait a minute. There's we no would that. do it from like uh, the top of whatever tallest building. That's right. That's right. There you go. Now you're now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. No offense, Malibu uh, residents, but I'm good on that. I'm super good yeah. on that. East uh, Coast. East Coast. Yeah, East man. Coast. You're on, right. You're right. On. I'm sorry, it's man. Cool. I was just thinking beach, you know. I like I like where your head I like where your head was at. Um, but also <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. No. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where, you know, you can measure it in so many different ways to me. And again, when I said to you, you know, it was like five hundred records or something like that, is that a lot? To Ariana Grande? No. To me, fuck yeah. Five hundred sure. people yeah. sat there right. and and spent their hard earned thirty dollars to buy my record. That's absolutely yeah. unfoundedly absolutely incredible that people did that in the first two weeks or whatever it was you know what i mean like that so you know how am i measuring it with unfounded amounts of gratitude and humility and uh, again to me it's just about being able to keep doing it that's you know the bells and whistles of success quote unquote and i mean like you know success uh yeah. you know underlined and what does that look italicized like, yeah. i don't get like what that's what does that all mean it's literally you're still doing the same thing you're still touring maybe you're in a bus that would be nice that would be the one measure of success <laughs> that i would like you know what i mean that would be the fantastic <laughs> other than that I don't know, man. Like, I'm pretty good. Like, it's just it's just to make enough money so that everybody can live decently well and that we can continue to do it, you know? And that's uh, that's just the monetary amount of it. The rest of it is like, you know, I consider every everything that we've done up to this point a monumental success in my own heart and in my own head. You know what I mean? Like, this is just like I'm consistently pinching myself that we – and even like, you know, starting the year, I have like – my whole year is already mapped out for me. I got all these offers over the winter break. My agents called me on, you know, January 9th being like, all right, and, uh, you know, uh, July 6th, and July 7th, and July 17th, and July 20th, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 confirm, confirm, whoa, confirm, 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 confirm that. Holy shit, really? Confirm, like, that's such a crazy, like it's kind of cool yeah it's cool as shit if i if you had told me that that would be my life i would be like holy fuck i have an agent no way that's awesome (laughs) and then not only not only do i have three of them but they all come at me with good news so you know again we just we're we're very grateful (laughs) for all of these things and the whole team working for me and helping me and you know just trying to figure all this out and of course the band the crew lights sound like everybody who works for me it's just like you know I'm I'm dumbfounded that we're able to do this, you know, and doing it on this level and it's and seeing it slowly yet quickly increase yeah, is really sure. unbelievable. You know, it's it's uh, what do they say? The years are the years are short, but the days are long. That's sort of accurate. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's for sure. It's pretty that's accurate.
Any good any good tour stories you can leave us with? Quick tour story, something <laughs> funny, something crazy that's happened. Uh, you can leave yes, other I got names one. out. I got one. <laughs> I got one for you. All right, here we go. Top of my head. This is what I got. Okay. Um, just cause, you know, on the subject of New Orleans, you know, it's a very special place, but also on the subject of touring and not burning yourself out and, you know, implementing certain things to make sure you can continue to do this, right? One of the things that I'm obsessed with is taking a bath in the hotel or wherever we're staying after the show. The bath ensures a good night of sleep for me, Karina Reichman. And it doesn't even ensure it, but it's just like, you know, without the bath, you're really fucked. You're not, you know, you're wound up. But with it, you have a 90% chance of being able to talk yourself into calming down enough to fall asleep. All right. So take that as you will. I'm a big bath proponent. And I even do like when we check into a hotel, I'll be the one like checking and be like, hey, uh, any of these rooms come with a bathtub per se? And they're like, ah, what you know and everybody laughs and it's like a, it's become such a, a a bit but anyway back on marco benevento tour we're probably you know 2018 i'm in my early 20s here um and i you know we're staying in in hotels some nicer than others you know and even in the less nice hotels i am still insistent on taking a bath after the show Sort of a big mistake, but no fucks given, no regrets. Anyway, so uh, after a few days of doing this, I look at my leg and I'm like, ah, oh, now what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> oh, and I, you know, I, I go and I go to, this is bad guys, bad stuff, but I go to Julian Booker, our front of house guy and Jeff Volkhausen, our lighting guy. And I like pulled up my, my pant leg and I'm like, guys, what do you think this is? And they're like, oh, what the fuck? Put that away. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with my leg. So uh, I went to the urgent care in Tallahassee. And I was like, what's going on? And they were like, girl, you got ringworm on your leg. And I was like, what? And then they were like, have you been bathing in any uh, weird bathtub? And I was like, yes, I have. And, um, and they were like, well, here you go. You take a little topical thing and put it on yep. these spots and it should disappear quickly. And I was like, okay, great. Well, this could have been worse. Anyway. I, we That's called amazing. it the van leg tour, which of course it had nothing to do with the van, but they're like, yo, put that shit away. Anyway, we keep going. That sounds Nobody like a touched song. Karina's leg they, they were like, oh, it's not good. That was not good. None of that was good. But then we showed up in new Orleans and we are having kind of an off. It wasn't even jazz fest, but it was just like new Orleans on a Tuesday or some shit. Really fun hanging out with the promoter, doing all kinds, you know, really fun night, blah, blah, blah. After the show, we're laughing, we're hanging out. And I don't know why, but the promoter, I just like kind of wanted to freak him out or whatever. And I was like, yo, dude, you ever see anything that looks like this? And I show him my leg. He's completely unfazed. And he's just like, you know, straight out of the bayou. He's like, oh, that's all you got? And then he pulls up his pant leg and shows oh, me his leg and his leg was really mangled and fucked up. So I was like, oh, shit, you win. You definitely win. That's Holy rock star shit, shit dude. Um, you guys trading ringworm So anyway, stories. I don't know. If, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I know that's an unsavory story for the Stub Me Down listeners, but I just feel like that was the first thing that came to mind, and I'm sticking with it. So, oh you know, don't – as much as I can be addicted to baths, I also now, like, you know, if you're in a Red Roof Inn, I'd advise against the bath. <laughs> I think you we know. stayed at a red roof when we went to I would advise Gooseness. Yeah. I don't think anybody <laughs> took a bath. 
<laughs> That's why they're very smart. Very smart. You oh, see? Shit. Uh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Anyway, you know, that's just a little tidbit. Just oh, a little tidbit God. of how glamorous things can that's, be, that's, you know, for a young woman on the road. That's amazing. That's it's great. Amazing. But I did it to myself. You know, I did it to myself. I really, I deserve that one. But we laugh about it these days. And, uh, you know, I try to judge it back by its cover. <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right, that, that looks, that looks it's good. Some of, you know, sometimes you get a right. really ringworm fancy bathtub. Yeah. Ring oh, it's very, very curable. Everyone. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> like, it's a very easy fix. Just don't, don't like her. Don't like it's her. Like when it, yeah. <laughs> it was so easy no they gave me a little you know a little topical ointment little and then it was gone but pretty good pretty good stuff <laughs> little tube i was fine it was totally fine it was like when i was waiting for them to tell me what it was and they came in there i'm like oh that's ringworm y'all that shit you can cure all right we're good we're totally good that's amazing oh my that's god amazing. anyway yeah good talk good yeah, talk guys. Good. Um, thanks so much yeah. karina for coming on we're we're really appreciative like we're just too dudes with like a independent small podcast that may or may not have technical difficulties every time we come on so we're, we're just so appreciative i can't wait to see you again I, I was like not only pleasantly surprised but happy and uh joyful to see you perform and uh, i hope to see you again and and thanks again so much thank you so much for having me y'all this was amazing this is such a yeah. blast i really yeah. appreciate you uh having me on thanks guys yeah and um I, I texted Scott Mitchell from Fan Designs because I know he's doing a, a a run of pins for you, and he sent me a, he sent me a picture of um, what he did, and those are pretty fucking oh, cool. cool. I didn't even know they're that, sweet on the show. Oh yeah, <laughs> the elevator pins, very cool, very cool. Yes, yeah, they they look very cool, and uh, elevator's a cool song. It works on many levels. Uh, Thank good you. One. Thank you. Uh, that's <laughs> that dad joke there. Um, hey, we want to thank Karina Reichman for joining us here on Stummy Down today. What a cool conversation and an even cooler person. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we are so grateful. Um, Karina is going to be heading back out on the road. Um, let's see. Your, your next show is in Miami at um, the end of January, right? Correct, correct. The Miami Beach Band Shell on January 27th. Nice. And, I mean, the rest of this tour, I mean, you're going to be in, at the Cap in Port Chester, you're going to be in Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Nebraska. I mean, you're going to be all over the fucking place. Totally. Place this is crazy. Yeah. Watch um, out, ringworm. <laughs> ringworm doesn't stand a chance, this tour. They ju it just doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, totally. And actually, hey, one other thing. Are you playing the caves in Nashville? I am. Are you? Are you going to be playing like in the cave? I fucking hope so, man. I definitely confirmed that uh, gig on on the pretense that I would be playing in the cave, but then I saw okay. there was another stage outside the cave. So you yeah. know, I cannot confirm nor deny whether or not I'll be in the cave. Okay. But holy shit, man, I'm hoping I'm in the cave. Yeah. I'm thinking you're going to be in the yeah. cave. Thank you. Why would they put your base outside? That would be the dumbest. I just don't know. Ever. I just don't know. But hey, you can't control. You can't control these things. Sometimes nope. you just mm. you you've got to play outside of the cave. I don't know, but I can only. <laughs> Hope to be gotta in put Karina in the cave. Dude. Put Sorry. Karina in the cave. Fans ah. for Karina in the cave. Maybe you could tweet at them and they can revise whatever booking they had that had me outside the cave. That would be great. We will absolutely be happy to do that. If you have not gone out to see Karina Reichman, go and catch 
this band because they fucking kick ass. High energy. You're going to have a great time. You're going to dance around. Karina's got incredible energy and uh, the tunes kick ass. So I can't wait to hear the new stuff that you're working on as well. And um, hey, thanks again so much, Karina. We really appreciate you. Of course. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your night. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Love you. You too. Take care, y'all. Well, man, I got to tell you, that was so fucking cool. I'm just so glad that she was able to come on and uh, chat with us. We've been working on that one for a while, so really cool. A lot of gratitude to Karina for joining us today. No doubt. Hey, don't forget about the Lot by Primal Soup. If you are interested in any sort of merch, goods, stuff for your dog, it's cold out there. Get him a doggy coat. I know Bruno has one. A lot of stuff available on the Lot by Primal Soup. And also, we mentioned Scott Mitchell's fan designs made a run of pins for Karina for her song Elevator. And those will be coming out soon. I know it's a limited edition, but check out fan designs. He's got a ton of great merch. You just got to check it out. Um, Skinny finally got me my goose hat, and it's pretty dope. Love a good flat brim. And That was uh, a total surprise, by the way. Did you guys already know that, and I didn't, by the way? About the pin? I had no—I didn't know. Huh, I knew. Nobody tells me anything. On well, show. when I was with Scott and we were, went to that Karina show, when Megan and I saw him and Casey there, he— introduced us to her after the show and um he like mentioned that he was doing pins um for her man that's uh, amazing yeah yeah i mean he's done spafford he's he did diesel driver for spafford yeah right um you know he's he's, done a bunch of shit yeah he's done he's done eggies big and big and eggy so um check check it out yeah if you're if you're a pin guy or girl check out scott's stuff he's got amazing stuff um and we are always happy to promote our friends skinny if you want to check us out on the socials check us out at stub underscore me underscore down on twitter slash x insta threads blue sky wherever we are there always happy to share in the groove with you all skinny great job as always busy day for stub me down happy to do this with you first and foremost that's the best yeah it is the best dude and um you know Good things come to those who wait, man. Thanks again to Karina Reichman. It's awesome. I can't wait to see her again. Uh, thanks to all the listeners out there in Stub Me Downland. Take it easy. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, and we will see you the next time you need to get out of your shitty seats and down the path. Later, Skin. Later, man. Later, man.